Welcome to Fictionary. I'm your host, Deetra, and I'm so glad that you're here and that you are you. If this is your first time joining me, Fictionary is a place for you to sit back, relax, and escape reality for a few moments. Today, I am sipping on an apple cider and champagne mimosa, mainly um, because I had apple cider in the fridge and I didn't want it to go bad, and I had a half full open bottle of champagne. So choices were made and I have to feel, well, I have to say I feel pretty good about this one. Um, I think I could be considered a mixologist because this thing is amazing. Amazing, you guys. It's so good. (laughs) I'm a bartender. I'm not really. (laughs) I don't ever really drink, but you know, sometimes you just have champagne and you need to do something with it. And this was one of my better ideas. So If you're at home and you have some champagne and some apple cider, give it a go. You won't regret it. I promise. Anyway, honestly, I'm like super exhausted this week and all I want to do is lie in my bed and sleep for the next three days. Unfortunately, that's not a realistic life goal for me at this time. So here I am, but I happen to love talking with you all. So I'm feeling motivated, but beneath that thin veneer of motivation is a bone weariness. I am tired guys and it hit out of nowhere and I guess I'm just gonna have to deal with it for now because adulthood and stuff like that but I really would just like to take a nap but I know that all of you would probably like to take a nap too right isn't it crazy how when we were kids we we got to take naps but we didn't want to and now that we're adults we want to take naps and we can't it's freaking annoying what's wrong with us why did why why can't I just have some nap time? Anyway, enough griping about my lack of sleep, guys. I have some very exciting news. We have our first interview of the season next week, and I cannot wait. I'll be speaking with a longtime friend and artist, Jerusalem, spelled J-E-R-V-S-A-L-E-M, but it's pronounced Jerusalem, so the V is uh, the U sound. Anyway, he is a musical artist, an HBO award-winning filmmaker, a public speaker, an award-winning poet, and author of the little black book of fill-in-the-blank wedding speeches. He's also an activist and a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. So it's safe to say he is a person of many talents. It's going to be such a fun interview. I'm super excited. He does it all. And I'm really proud that we have the opportunity to speak with him next week. And I can't wait until next week, guys. So I'm actually going to play a little snippet of Jerusalem's song, FIFA. And um, if you also can't wait after hearing this, then you can listen to Jerusalem's music pretty much anywhere you stream. I'll share a link to the song in the show notes so you guys can check it out. It's an amazing song, and I think it's perfect for... Uh, you know, this month. So anyways, enjoy. What do I stand for? What do I plan for? I'm taking over the hoods on my shoulders and that's what I dance for. What do I live for? What would I die for? You can't avoid what's coming is me. You see what I'm becoming is me. Is a volcanic eruption is me. Killing all kind of corruption is me. Making you bob the percussion is me. Music that's starting discussion is me. Going from nothing to something is me. Fist in the air be popping is me. Better watch out if you come at the king now. See. And I fight for what is mine. And I fight for every time. 
So this song got me really hyped up, and if you don't know, well now you're about to know, it's Black History Month, so I think that it was a perfect intro for this next segment. To celebrate Black History Month, each episode this month, I will share a story of Black excellence. And today, I have decided to share a personal story of Black excellence. I think that a lot of times we look to people who are famous for something for inspiration or to honor them or give them accolades, but I think that can be faulty and limiting. Um, There are so many people that we know that are living their lives in excellence and deserve to be honored and celebrated. And today, I want to honor my father, Melvin, okay? Um, He's a quiet man, but he's stubborn. Um, He is not a huge fighter, but he will stand up for what he believes in. Um, He was born and raised in rural Virginia, and he grew up um, right. He was born in uh, 1961, so he lived during a period of uh, segregation and then desegregation um, in a, you know, kind of racist area and time period um, in in the South, y'all. But He was always uh, pushing himself. He pushed himself. He competed in competitive sports like karate. Um, He used to fight in these Chuck Norris tournaments. Um, He played football. Um, He was, you know, he did camps. He was like a camp counselor at some point. Um, And when he graduated, he joined the Air Force. And during basic training, he met my mama, his little Puerto Rican uh, honey. And he decided that he was going to put a ring on it. So they both locked each other down uh, pretty young. I think when he was 21, uh, my mom was 24. Um, No, dad was 20, mom was 24. Um, So they were young when they decided to get married. Um, And he served proudly in the military for 25 years. He um, served in Desert Storm during his time, and he even worked on some top-secret projects. Um, He received um, different accolades and awards during his time um, in the military. And all throughout that, while pursuing his career in the Air Force, he and my mom worked together to raise three children. Um, They gave us a world of experiences, and we got to travel and uh, see life in different countries. And, you know, it was beautiful. And after he retired from the Air Force, my dad didn't rest on his laurels, guys, because he's a hard-working man. He went to work for Boeing, and he's been there for um, quite some time. I think he's getting ready to retire now, officially from there. And he just celebrated his 40th year of marriage to my mother. And he's the proud grandfather of three adorable grandchildren. And, you know, he's just, he's accomplished a lot in his life, and it's Things that, you know, people wouldn't be like, oh, he's he's famous or something like that. But he's lived his life well and he's accomplished many things. He's raised a family. He's a black man who has worked hard. He's helped people and he's done the best that he can. He's been there for his family. He's made sacrifices to help us grow into strong, independent people. And, you know, through my life, he has always, always been a constant and he's been a provider. And I think that's something that deserves to be celebrated. So to kick off this celebration of black excellence, I honor my father, Melvin. 
You've been and continue to be an example of what a man and a father should strive for. You taught us the value of independence and of a hard day's work. I can tell you guys, my dad is notorious for never taking a day off. Like he has to be really, really sick to take a day off from work. He saves up his vacation time. And I mean, personally, I didn't quite inherit that uh, trait from him, but I can respect it. Um, you taught us the value of time and you gave us opportunities to see the world from different vantage points. Um, it helped to grow us into unique people, strong people, and people with a worldview. Um, you loved us in the best way that you could, and you've always provided for us. So thank you, Dad, and happy Black History Month to my excellent Black father. So before we get into our stories for today, I want to touch on the whole dating life thing. So I know I've been talking about this every week, and I will continue to talk about it because I really enjoy it. Um, but I literally have like a million things to talk about, but I'm going to spread it out. Uh, quickly today, I want to talk about taking people at face value. Okay. A lot of times we, especially us women, try to read into the actions or words of a person. See, I'm a writer. So I say this as someone with a very rich imagination. I have had whole relationships in my head with fights, breakups, and makeups and everything in between. Okay. I've have evaluated the lift of an eyebrow or a simple hello, searching for some hitting meeting. Okay. This way lies madness, people. This is the way of madness. Trust me here, please. Do yourself a favor. Take people at face value. Stop trying to figure out if they mean something other than what they have said to you or that they have done to you or for you or you've seen them do, okay? Take it as it is. It will save you so much heartbreak and wasted energy, okay? This has been a focus of mine personally recently, and I have to say that it's refreshing. If someone says they don't want a relationship, but they want to hang out, I believe them. I don't tuck it away in my head somewhere that what they really mean is that they don't want a relationship right now, but they may want one later. And with me, that's why they, they want to hang out with me. I shut that down. I shut it down. I shut that ish down from the beginning. If I'm down to hang out, then I hang out. But I don't let that lock me down into anything. Like, it's not a relationship. If I want to hang out with someone else, if I want to date someone else, then I do. And I don't hold on to any secret fantasy that we might eventually be together. If I want more than what they want or what they're able to offer me, I let them know that's not going to work for me. Simple as that. Too often, we agree to something that we don't really want because we think that the other person is going to change their mind. Stop it. If you want more, then don't settle for less. If you want less, don't let yourself get roped into something more. Just be honest and accept that what people are saying is their truth. Now, this is like a whole other podcast. They could be lying to themselves or they could be playing games. But in the end, here's the whole main point, guys. That's on them. It's not on you. Your only responsibility is to be true to yourself, what you need and what you want in the situation. You don't have to try to interpret or figure out what somebody else, if this is what they're saying, if that's what they're presenting, you can ask them, is this what you really mean? Is this really what you want? And if they say yes, take that as the truth. 
don't try to like change it, okay? And I'm not saying people aren't worth fighting for or something like that, but at the end of the day, the person that you should be fighting for is you. Got it, guys? Be true to you. Be true to what you need and what you want. And stop thinking, he might change. She might change. Because they won't. People don't change. I mean, people change. I don't want to be a negative Nancy. You know, people can change. But you don't need to wait around for that. And you don't need to base your hopes and thoughts and dreams on somebody who might change. Get with somebody who has changed and wants the same things that you want. Stop wasting your time, guys. I love you. All right. Now... Let's go ahead and get into our stories for today. As always, I will give you the title, the genre, the action, and the character or word. Now, the prompts were randomly generated and they have to be incorporated into the stories, which are 100 words or less, and they were written by yours truly, moi. Okay, so let's get ready. Let's all put on our listening ears. Dun, dun, dun. Our first story for today is titled Missing, the genre is mystery, the action is losing a bet, and the word is ring. Michael, you have to do it, protested the red-faced young girl angrily. You always do this. It was a stupid bet. I'm not going to ring the doorbell, Bethany, Michael declared with a note of resolution familiar to Bethany. Like I said, you always do this. You never follow through. Arms crossed over her chest, Bethany marched purposefully toward the house in question. A creepy-looking Victorian, with peeling paint and every evidence of being haunted. You promised to help me find Patch, she said, looking over her shoulder at Michael. Wait for me, Michael grumbled as he followed. The end. Well, Michael, don't say you're going to do something if you're not going to do it. How are you going to send your friend up to this haunted house all by herself? Come on. At least he went. She just had to do a little convincing. And again, that brings me back to take people at their word, guys. Take them at their word. If they show you who they are, believe them. But, you know, I mean, Michael came through in the end, so we'll give him some kudos for that. (laughs) Our second story for today is titled Three Amigos. The genre is crime caper. The action is charging a phone and the word is Nutella. Pops and me will distract the cashier. You grab the goods, deuce, instructed the smallest of the licentious trio. Aw man, boss. Why you sending deuce? whined the shaggy haired hops. His complaints elicited a menacing glower from boss. On three. Three, growled boss. Hops held the door nonchalantly as Deuce snuck in. The cashier, who stood unattentively charging her phone and watching Netflix, looked up in puzzlement as a pair of dogs approached. Hops and boss sauntered in, barking and dancing in unison. Fumbling to record the spectacle, the cashier missed the little fluff ball's escape, holding a jar of Nutella. The end. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, guys. (laughs) So I don't know why in my head when I wrote this, I was like picturing like, you know, Fox and Hound or like one of those movies where the animals all speak and talk to each other, but humans can't understand them. And this is like a 
little mangy group of amigos that are, you know, homeless street dogs and they have a little gang together and they have this whole uh, thing that they do to steal food from stores. And I don't know, it cracked me up, but <laughs> hopefully you guys enjoyed it. This is for the kiddos and for people with senses of humor or enjoyment like me. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get into our last story for today. Our final story for today is titled In the Darkest Night. The genre is parable, the action is walking, and the word or character is botanist. Clad in hazmat suits, mother and child carefully walk the wreckage of the world's great war. Mother points as they walk, describing what once was. This is where I worked. It was beautiful then full of plants and trees. I studied them and learned how to make them grow better. She pauses and points to a large barren field. That used to be an orchard with 100 different varieties of apples. Hopefully, we will find some seeds here. What's this, mother? Asked the child, looking at something intently. That's a flower, child she says with tears in her eyes. The end. So guys, the moral of the story is in the darkest night when things seem like there's no hope, there's always just that little bit of hope that you find. And that was that flower where everything was ravaged. There was still that flower that bloomed, letting her know that, hey, life goes on. We, we, it doesn't end here. This isn't the end. There's hope. And it was found in the hands of her child. Ooh, I love it. So anyways, that was our final story for today, guys. I hope that you enjoyed. It's been real. And remember, next week, we will have our special guest, Jerusalem, in the house to talk about art, music, writing, and being a human being in this crazy world of ours. You can check out some of his music and work now by visiting the link in the show night show notes. And, you know, I'll just throw that little reminder out there. If you guys have the time and the inclination, please do write a love note to Fictionary um, and submit it to the competition. I have the link in the show notes. I would really love for you guys to uh, do that. I do want to improve the quality of Fictionary. I have some things that I'm working on and the extra funds would definitely help to accomplish that. I just want to continue to keep bringing you guys a better show and um, do more. So please, please, please uh, show some love and uh, submit a love note for Fictionary. The link is also in the show notes. Happy Black History Month, y'all. And until next time, keep on reading. <laughs>